Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 65, The Restoration of Israel. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the podcast that asked you, are you ready to swallow the red pill? I think we are. I am ready. I am Zena, the co-host, and then we have the beautiful Pastor Scott, your host. <laughs> beautiful is a, uh, is a questionable term, but thank you, Zena. Uh, and the truth is, um, I'm feeling a little under the weather. I'm apologizing in advance. I do have a cold. I had a cold all week, but we're going to get through this together. Yes, we are. So I've been swallowing blue pills, green pills, red pills, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> any pill that would make me feel better. <clears throat> but today we're going to get into the red pill, and we're going to talk about the restoration of Israel. Ooh. Yeah, so, you know, um, we were briefly talking before this episode that um, there's an entire Christian theological position that after Israel as a nation crucified Jesus Christ and rejected him as king, that God replaced them with the church. Mm -hmm. And so all the national promises of Israel are basically transferred over to the church, the body of Christ. And I don't believe that's true. How so? Because I believe that God, when he said he was gonna restore Israel as a nation, he meant exactly what he said. We are not a replacement for the nation. We are a, uh, an intermittent gap, if you will, uh, where the nation was set aside. Remember, he said, I'll turn my face, hide my face from them. Mm -hmm. You'll not be my people for a time. But we also read and have seen where he said that, and we'll look into that again in some of these passages because we've talked about it before, Zena. But um, where he said, if they acknowledge their offense and seek my face, he's going to turn back to them. So it, the, the church never rejected God. Mm -hmm. It was the nation that rejected yes. God. So we're going to look at several passages. And the first one we're going to look at is in Jeremiah chapter 31. Okay. And we're actually going to come back to this one at the very end because there's another portion of this chapter we're going we're gonna to finish up with. But God made a promise to Israel, and it's so strong a promise that he's basically saying, if you could get rid of the moon, sun, and stars, you can get rid of my nation. Let me read it the way it's written. Okay. So thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, <clears throat> meaning the ordinances of the sun, moon, and stars, mm -hmm. and the waves of the sea. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. 
Well, we know that the sun, the moon, and the stars are never going to depart. That's you know, they're not going to depart from the Lord. There's nothing anybody could do to cause the stars to stop shining. Uh, only the Lord could do that. He also said, thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. And that can't be done either. There's no way that we'll be able to measure the heavens above. The universe is vast. You know, and the foundations of the earth, we, you know, we don't know how to plumb those. We, we can't even imagine what's down there except what we know about hell and Hades. Mm-hmm. So restoration is the optimal word there. God made promises to a nation. He meant it when he said it. And even though they rejected him as being their king and they crucified him, there will always be and Israel of God. Now that brings into play the juxtaposition of the Israel that rejected versus the Israel that receives. Okay. And therefore there's an Israel that is uh, the one that was destroyed and cast aside. And then there is the Israel that is the remnant that God's going to gather back to him. So we're going to be talking about the restoration of the remnant of the Israel of God, not the ones who were punished for their wickedness who are now deceased. Okay. So we're talking about <clears throat> people that are currently alive. Or future. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about Israel that has let God back in at the moment. Right. The, the nation Israel today, the modern nation Israel, uh, kind of presents a puzzle for a lot of us, or maybe just me, <laughs> uh, because... It clearly seems the hand of God is behind a lot of what's happening with their history, the modern nation Israel. And yet, as a nation, they are a nation that is somewhat atheistic, except for the uh, Orthodox Jewish people uh, who are partly in the land. All the Jews aren't back in Israel. There's Jews all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I would even say the majority of Jews do not live in Israel. Okay. You know, if you had to divide them up between all the nations, they're still scattered among the nations. But many, many of them have returned to that, that land. It is going to be the land of promise. So the question is, are the ones there now the people of God or will it be somebody else? Or could it be a mixture? Yeah. And that's, that's the puzzle for me. That's what's tr- difficult to figure out. Um, there are great and quite excellent Bible teachers that are, for example, Amir Safarati uh, is a... Israeli Christian preacher, teacher. And he holds the contention that basically from Ezekiel 36 on are uh, all modern current events that are happening in Israel. And he is very convincing uh, mm-hmm. of uh, even down to what's happening in the political world and events that are beginning to possibly unfold with Israel attacking Iran or Iran invading Israel and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. He's quite good at putting the connections together. And yet I read other, pass- other verses in the same passages that he's using, and I go, somehow that's just not clicking yet for me. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd actually love to have him as a guest Ooh. and give him my, uh, his perspective because he's quite brilliant, and I'd love to learn more of where he's coming from. But anyway, <clears throat> we'll save that hopefully for maybe another episode. Yes. We'll go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter 1. So this sort of begins the fall, if you will. Isaiah sort of prophesied what God was upset with Israel over. Ultimately, their defiance and rebellion against him. And then his promise that he would restore them. 
So we're going to read a few passages here, so bear with me. This will be the longest passage that I read straight, and I'll try to take breaths and things like that. <laughs> we'll start in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and he's talking about Israel, the nation, and they rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, laden is like a burden on their shoulders. They're so sinful, they just weighing them down. Mm-hmm. A seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, <clears throat> they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Have you ever heard Christian usage of the term backsliding no. or backslidden? They kind of get that from this here. A backsliding Christian is somebody that once got saved and now they're living their lives in a sinful manner. Oh, okay. And not being a real adherent to the faith or something like that. Well, that was true of Israel in the law of God. He says, why should you be stricken anymore? In other words, why should I punish? Why should I keep disciplining you Mm -hmm. as a rebellious child? You will revolt more and more. Very the true. whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. And it was no matter how much I punish you, you keep turning against me. Mm-hmm. From the sole of the foot, even under the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They've not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion, which is a Jerusalem, is left as a cottage in a vineyard, a, um, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Have you ever grown cucumbers? No, but I love cucumbers. I do too. But I'll tell you, cucumbers or any kind of gourd-like plant, like a pumpkin mm-hmm. or gourds or whatever, they take over the garden. They will, that's why people have to run them up trellises and- Makes sense. Yeah, things like that. Because if you just let them grow, they will spread out like a hydra. (laughs) (laughs) And they just cover everything and they'll, they'll soak up all the moisture in the ground. I was going to say the more the merrier, but never mind. Yeah, I know. When you love cucumbers, you think that's a good thing. (laughs) But actually what's funny is um, you have to, and, and somebody that's a real horticulturist is going to correct me on this, but as I understand it, where they want to just keep spreading and spreading, you have to trim them back so they'll focus their energy on developing the fruit. Oh. Either the cucumbers or the pumpkins or whatever, because mm-hmm. if you just keep letting them spreading and spreading, they don't produce much fruit. They put all their energy into growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay. And spreading out their vines, you know. So anyway, that's the reason why he used that. They're like a, a garden of cucumbers as a besieged city. Like you're surrounded. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. And it's not the only time that God ever referred to disobedient Israel as Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know about Sodom and Gomorrah were the cities of the plain that were overthrown Mm -hmm. and burned up. And he said a very small remnant. We're going to come back and deal with that word remnant, which has to do with just a, a few remaining. Okay. So he says, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So he likens the children of Israel and their leaders to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And they were continuing to be religious in their actions, but their heart was so far from God. He says in verse 11, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? saith the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats, which he required under the law for them to offer sacrifices. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. The sacrifices were vain. Mm -hmm. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It means I can't stand it. Your, <clears throat> even the solemn meeting, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. He appointed the feasts, but they turned it into something perverse mm -hmm. and not what he intended. He says, they are a trouble unto me and I'm weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. And hence we get to the point where he hides his face from Israel. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. So that's the condition he found Israel in, really when the Lord appeared. When Jesus Christ came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was saying these words in verse 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless, plead for the widow, all the things that Jesus was telling them to do, like in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, and they wouldn't listen. He says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And so we can see and we know through history that they rejected Jesus Christ as king and the land was destroyed. They were scattered among the nations. Israel was not occupied for many, many years um, by Jews anyway. <clears throat> and I guess there were always some Jews that remained in the land, but uh, it was so few that they couldn't do much with it. And then there were fights over it with like the Saracen Wars mm -hmm. and the Holy Crusades and all those kind of things. So it wasn't really until 1948 that it was properly named Israel again. Wowzers. So you were talking nearly 2,000 years. Yeah, very yeah. long time. <clears throat> he says about Jerusalem, how has the faithful city become an harlot? It was full of judgment. Righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver is become dross, which is like the waste product when you melt down silver. Thy wine mixed with water, which is not good wine. No. <laughs> Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves, just like our politicians. <laughs> they are thieves. Everyone loveth gifts, which is bribes, and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. Therefore saith the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, I will ease me of mine adversaries and will avenge me of mine enemies. So he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. He's going to do that. And I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tin. And he's talking about, I guess, in those 2,000 years. 
of God smiting them and turning his back on them, it's like he's trying to purge them and bring them to a point of confession Mm -hmm. to recognize that they did wrong, you know, and to turn and face the Lord. In verse 26, here's the verse. And I will restore thy judges as at the first, and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment, and her converts with righteousness. Well, those passages that we just read, Zena, to me, preclude any possibility that the church replaced Israel. We don't fit into any of the sinfulness that that he was accusing her of or the punishment that he would measure out or the vengeance. Now, unless you want to say vengeance because we are persecuted too, Mm -hmm. but not because God turned his back on us. Christians are persecuted for their faith. They're not being punished for rejecting faith in God. Okay. So it doesn't match the, the picture here. And yet he says, I'm going to restore thy judges. Well, God never took away our judges or he never took away the body of Christ's position in heavenly places. It, there was no restoration needed. Mm-hmm. So, so if we move on from there, we go to the book of Acts. Because when Jesus Christ was preaching, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, basically what he was talking about is the restoration. The restoration of Israel to be brought into their kingdom, which they'd longed for. So after they crucified him, you would think, well, without a king, you can't have a kingdom. But the 12 went forth with the message saying, yes, you crucified him, but he's coming back. Mm -hmm. And that was also a main tenet of the scriptures of the Old Testament too. But he lays it out in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. This is after Christ was crucified. He says, Peter, repent ye therefore, and he's preaching to Jews in Jerusalem, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So there's a timing of the blotting out of the sins of national Israel. Okay. It's when Jesus will come from the presence of the Lord. Verse 20, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. You rejected him. He was preached, but you rejected him. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. Now, restitution is very similar to the word restoration. Restoration means to restore. Mm-hmm. Restitution means to pay back. Okay. If I wrecked your car, uh, the law would require me to make restitution. I need to pay for your repairs. Yes, you do. Or replace your car. <laughs> <laughs> See, she knows that one. <laughs> yes, yes. She's yes. got that down. <clears throat> You've been in accidents before, I'll bet. No, I have not actually. Really? Oh, good for you. I hope you never do. Thank you. Well, I have. Oh, no. <laughs> so I know about restitution. That's what insurance is for, right? Yes. <clears throat> so he says, the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, with jo- which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The world began, excuse me. So the times of restitution of all things, when God would restore and pay Israel back for the time in which they weren't his people, And it's going to be his true people that he will pay back. Mm -hmm. They've been preaching about that since the world began, the prophets of God. And they've been talking about it. And even Moses, he says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. And Moses was a lawgiver, so the prophet he's talking about that was like him is Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. And so Jesus Christ was the one that was that prophet. Some believed, and that's the true Israel of God, like the disciples and the other believers. Mm -hmm. He says in verse 24, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, has, have likewise foretold of these days, these days of restoration. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers. Well, you couldn't say that about the church. Yeah. You could say that about Israel. Mm-hmm. You're the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Now, they thought, as many Christians think, that the seed of Abraham is the nation Israel. Mm -hmm. But the seed of Abraham, as it turns out, is Jesus Christ. Yep. That's the seed from whom all the nations would be blessed. Unto you first, unto you Israel first, God having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning every one of you away from his iniquities. So they were being offered the salvation even after they'd rejected the author of the salvation. Mm -hmm. So the king was sent on exile, but the message continued because the kingdom of God is a spiritual realm, right? And they could still be a part of it while the king was away. Mm -hmm. And really, like we said, for 2,000 years, we've been operating under a dispensation of grace, and God's not dealing with them nationally, but he called a remnant out of them the few amongst the Jews that would believe and become the true Israel of God. Mm -hmm. And it's really no different, and we've talked about this before, than what Moses said when he said, a prophet like unto me. Well, in Exodus chapter 19, Moses led the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. In verse 3, Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians all the plagues and stuff that he did. And how, how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Keep that thought in the back of your head, a okay. peculiar treasure. I was just about to ask you what he meant by that. Yeah, we're going to actually talk next episode about the treasure hid in the field. Okay. And we're going to tie it back to this. Okay. So just let that on the back burner for now. <laughs> You'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. He didn't say these are the words to speak to the church. Mm-hmm. So Israel was offered the kingdom to be a nation of priests and a royal priesthood of believers, a peculiar treasure. The nation rejected the offer of the kingdom, but that didn't mean there weren't believers who will be that priesthood. Mm-hmm. They will end up receiving the kingdom when the time is due. So fast forward to when Jesus is born and he begins preaching in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the kingdom he'd been talking about. Mm-hmm. What Israel's been looking for for 1,500 years. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. 
There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. And failing over and over again, as we read in Isaiah 1, Mm -hmm. their failure was their rebellion. Uh, It would also explain why in chapter 10 of Matthew, and a lot of people that are Christians that have read their Bible all their lives are shocked to hear this verse. Okay. He calls the 12 disciples. He gives them names. Okay. These 12, verse 5, Jesus sent forth, Matthew 10, and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why tell them not to go to Gentiles? Because weren't they more focused on the Jews? Well, the focus was so much on the Jews, and you're absolutely right, that a Gentile wouldn't have known what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. A Gentile had never been made a covenant promise that they would be a kingdom of priests and a peculiar treasure. Mm -hmm. Only Israel was. We don't adopt that position when we get saved as Christians. We become something and part of God's family. We're adopted children of God, Mm -hmm. but you don't become an Israeli. Yeah. You don't become a Jew. Mm-hmm. Some people say you became a spiritual Jew. No, you didn't. In Christ Jesus, there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Mm-hmm. So there's neither male nor female. So spiritually speaking, we're all one in Christ. But there is a nation that had promises made and the promises that God will restore them. Now, we're going to go back to the Old Testament again, to the book of Deuteronomy. Why is it pronounced that? Deuteronomy? Um, you know, it. I used to know the meaning of what that word is. Deuteronomy is probably from the Greek Septuagint translation of a Hebrew word. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm totally drawing a blank, so I'm going to have to get back to you on that okay. one. That's one of those things that I used to know like right off the top mm-hmm. of my head, and as I get older, those facts <laughs> begin to slip away from me. <clears throat> You're like, fun fact, I didn't remember the fact. Genesis, I know, means beginnings. Mm-hmm. Exodus is the the deliverance out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Leviticus is the beginning of the law, and hence the Levite priesthood, Levi, Leviticus. And Numbers uh, deals with a lot of numbers, so it's just called that. But Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book of the law, and it might have something to do with five, but I don't think that's right. Um, But I just, the meaning escapes me. So I have to look that one up. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was a good question. You caught me on that one. I did. She did. <clears throat> so Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1, And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse. And I should mention that in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, he lays out the blessings and the curses. And uh, the blessings were just a few a few verses, and the curses were. Or is it like 60. someone would get like welts or? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. There's some other stuff. Many, many things. Yeah, yeah. many very nasty things. Plagues and uh, pestilence and destruction of their crops, mm -hmm. the, the destruction of their kids, and and they won't be fruitful. Uh, the nations would overtake them, and they would become the tail and not the head, and on and on. And so he says, it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, which was, there was no question that God knew what would happen. He's God, right? Mm -hmm. uh, th which I've set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee and from thence will he fetch thee. <clears throat> and the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed and thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. Now, as beautiful a picture as that is, it's hard for me to reconcile that if you wanted to take the modern history of Israel as the precedent, and we'll say 1948 after World War II, well, the atrocities that the Nazis did to the Jewish people would clearly be a, a, a justification or a reason for them to cry out to God. Mm -hmm. Not that they wouldn't have done it before that, but you know, if you were going to try to find a time when you could definitely pinpoint and say, this would have broken them to cry out to the Lord, that would be it. But I don't know, historically, was that the thing that God said, okay, I hear you now, and I'm going to start dealing with you again. Because when you look at <clears throat> when you look at what followed, then uh, and you're going to return to the Lord and obey His voice with all your heart, with all your soul, and you see Israel right now, they're not obeying the Lord as the modern Israel. Mm -hmm. There's good people there, you know, uh, but they've got the same political shenanigans we do, and and maybe in some cases worse, you know. Mm -hmm. um, at least, uh, you know, we have something resembling democracy. Oh, we got a, a dog that wants your <laughs> attention here. <clears throat> and, and then he says, he's going to have compassion on you and gather you from all the nations where the Lord has scattered thee. And, and the indication seems to be they're all going to come back. They're not all back yet. Mm -hmm. So I, I struggle with reconciling all that, which is why I would love to talk to somebody that knows more about that. Mm -hmm. But the focus right now is on restoration. It's clear that he's going to restore the nation. Okay. Whether it began in 1948 or began after World War I, for that matter, mm -hmm. with the Balfour Declaration, and it's continuing to this day, or whether it is a day when they haven't seen the worst of it yet. And the Antichrist and that oppression 
is going to be the true turning point for the nation to turn back to God. I don't know. Um, but <clears throat> he's going to restore them as a people and as a nation. He's not replacing them with Gentiles. Okay. You know, we are unique and we are part of God's body and part of his church. We joined them, but we didn't become them. Okay. We're joined to them in Christ, mm -hmm. but we don't become Israel. Now, for more of this, we'll go to the book of Joel, chapter 2, and verse 23. Be glad then, children of Zion. Zion, again, is Jerusalem, for those of you that may not know. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And those four bugs, the locust, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, I don't really know what a cankerworm and a palmer worm are. Me either. I was just about to ask you about those four. I know what a caterpillar is. Me too. <clears throat> And I know what a locust is. Mm -hmm. So they're all crop-destroying insects. Okay. Or at least in their larval stage if they're caterpillars or mm -hmm. worms. Uh, and they're really the names he's given for the four empires that trod Israel underfoot, beginning with Babylon, which carried them captive, mm -hmm. followed by Media Persia, and then Greece, and finally Rome. So Rome is going to be, and actually still is, the empire in control of the world, whether people know that or not. It's in mystery form, but it's, it's, the, uh, it's the empire of the Antichrist. Now, <clears throat> so there's the word restore, restoration. Well, the bugs didn't eat the substance out of the church, mm -hmm. you know. We are persecuted. We've been going through tribulation since we formed, but not the great tribulation and mm -hmm. not these punishments that God put on his people Israel. Now, why Rome for the Antichrist? Well, because there's only four empires. And remember we talked about Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the image mm -hmm. of the golden head and yes. everything else. Four parts to that. And then another dream where there were four beasts that came out. And one, the first was like a lion, the second like a leopard with, uh, or, or a bear rather. Uh, the, the third like a leopard with four wings. And the fourth basically was the dragon. And all four of those types, the, the gold, silver, bronze, and uh, iron legs are uh, all types of those four kingdoms, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And it's in the days of the fourth kingdom that the Lord comes back. So that's why I believe Rome is the empire. Okay. But in mystery form, like right now, something about Rome, it's the power of Rome. It's the satanic global elite, basically, is what it comes down to. Those emperors of Rome are still in control of the world, mm -hmm. but they're ruling it through monetary power. They're corporate oligarchs. They're families like Rothschilds and Bilderbergers and whatever, you know. It gets into all the conspiracy stuff that people want to dismiss, but you can't dismiss it, folks. There's truth there. Uh, Hosea chapter 1. <clears throat> now, in Hosea chapter 1, it's really the bill of divorcement. You know, God divorces Israel. Uh, we've read, for my time's sake, we've read um, a bit of this before, so I don't want to take too long here. But 
there's a man named Hosea, he's a prophet, and he represents God in type. He's told to take a wife, and her name is Gomer, and she represents mm-hmm. Israel. Remember we talked about it? We did. And they have three children, and she's a woman of whoredoms, so she was a harlot, and it was basically a picture of Israel turning and being unfaithful to her husband, mm-hmm. God. So they have three children, and ultimately, the names of the children, and I don't know what I just did to quit that. (laughs) The names of the children are um, pictures of the stages of their fall. The kingdom would cease, and uh, they would no longer have mercy. And then finally, verse 8, now when she had weaned Lo-Rahama, a daughter, she conceived and bare a son. Then God said, call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people and I will not be your God. Ew. So that's the point at which he said, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. But he left him this promise in the next verse, verse 10. <clears throat> Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be n- measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you're not my people, There it shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of the living God. So there's that hope, Mm -hmm. the hope of restoration for the nation. Now, we've talked about this before, but we know in Isaiah chapter 5, the the final straw was they rejected the king when he offered the kingdom. And so in verse 15 of Hosea 5, the king said, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Affliction is up to interpretation. What is the affliction? Is it the Holocaust? Mm -hmm. Is it the persecution of Jews before that over the many centuries? Uh, Is it something yet to happen? Is it the battle of Gog and Magog Mm -hmm. in Ezekiel 38 and 39? You know, that's what I'm not sure of. But ultimately what they do is they say in the next chapter 6 verse 1, come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. And that latter and former rain we've heard just before this. Mm -hmm. It's a picture of harvest and plentifulness. You know, you, you want both rains. You want <clears throat> rain to come early in the spring when you plant. And you want the latter rain right before the harvest. And you don't want too much rain throughout the summer to make it soggy and hinder the growth. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, not a, not a farmer. But Me I know there's something to the timing of rain. You could ask any farmer, you know. Mm-hmm. There's times when we get droughts here and then we don't get the former rain or we don't get the early rain. Yeah. And hence, all reason why they have and to they're irrigate. All upset. They're, they get upset. So this is all a picture of restoration for Israel. And I'm not going to get into the two two days. And we talked about the two thousand years, but it brings us back to my final passage in Jeremiah, where God's going to restore Israel. And here's what's going to take place ultimately. So back to chapter 31, and we'll start in verse 31. Now, we had read verses 35, which said, if you can take away the sun and the moon, you can take away Israel from being a people, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're backing up to verse 31, where he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with 
the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So he's clearly indicating who the covenant's going to be with. Mm -hmm. It's not Gentile Christians. Nope. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. And we just read in Hosea, the husband divorced the wife. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we didn't read all of that, but it's in the whole letter. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, whatever those days are, and I believe it's the two days. I believe it's the 2,000 years mm -hmm. of the dispensation of grace. But after those days, and probably meaning including the seven years of tribulation, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Because he said it'll come to pass that where, they were, where it was said, you're not my, I'm not your God, they will be called my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And that's the blotting out that Peter was talking about when he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, taken out of the way. Think the ledger's cleared, you know. Mm -hmm. When the times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. Israel's going to receive their atonement of sins as a nation at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, Gentile body of Christ, and even the remnant today that is saved, we are in Christ right now, having already received the atonement, and we don't wait for uh, the blotting out of sins. We've already got it. And that's why we're delivered from the wrath to come. Mm -hmm. Israel's going to go through this time when God pours his wrath out on the earth. He's going to protect his people, but they're going to be persecuted by this Antichrist who's going to come. And then he's going to come back and deliver them with his vengeance. And so it, it seems to me <clears throat> that the time of their affliction when they cry out is going to be during that time. But I would love to hear the perspective of those that believe the affliction has been previous events to form the modern nation Israel. And because there's clearly something going on, mm -hmm. you know, it's just hard for me to put my finger on it. So I'll put out a prayer that if anybody knows Amir Safarati, um, uh, let me know how I can contact him. Yes. I'd love to reach out to him or anybody that you know that's an expert in that area. And let's get them on the show and we'll talk to them about that. Okay. And for that, we're going to wrap up today's uh, thing. Oh, you know, except for one thing. I lied. There's <laughs> one other passage I didn't think I had on here, but I added it at the last minute and I forgot. It's Isaiah 59, verse 20. Just two passages. Isaiah 59, 20 says, The Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Turning from transgression. Those that turn. So in other words... We're going to talk about next episode, the Israel of God mm -hmm. and the treasure hidden in the field. And not everybody that's just Jewish by birth is going to be the Israel of God. And Paul and Jesus all said things to that effect. But it's those that turn from transgression. And what is the transgression? Well, it has a lot to do with the, the falling away and the Antichrist and everything else. But it has everything to do with accepting Jesus Christ as Messiah. And so finally he says, as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee and my words which I put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth nor out of the mouth of thy seed 
nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So Israel will forever, the Israel of God, once they're restored, will forever have the word of God, and they'll never depart from it. And I, I know they long for that day, and we do too. Yes. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we pray for the Lord's return and the restoration of Israel. So thanks for listening today, and thank you, Zena. Thanks for having me, as always. Thank you guys for stopping by. Please like, share, and subscribe. And then <coughs> the question that I have for you guys is, does anyone know what Deuteronomy means? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up and see if I can come up with an answer. Right. And listen, folks, some of you uh, have sent me uh, messages stating that they can't leave comments on some of the uh, podcasts or the videos. Um, that's a weird thing about YouTube because we want the podcast to be available for all ages. But when you make it available for children, YouTube bans comments. Yes. I, I guess it's because they fear people will make nasty comments. Very true. And I know none of you would do that, but... Um, so we have to make a decision about that, and I really want people to be able to make comments, so I guess I'm going to have to limit it to adult content only, which just means that kids under 13 can't watch it, uh, I guess, without adult supervision. So just keep that in mind. If we do that so that you can make comments, it means you'll have to supervise your kids. Mm -hmm. But we want everybody to hear this because there's nothing we're talking about that is limited from children. Yes. All right. So thanks again. Keep the cards and letters coming. And we appreciate you joining us today. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at UTBNow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.